Good evening and you are very welcome to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. The programme where we talk about environmental issues without lecturing you in the hopes of helping you make some small changes that will have a lasting impact. I'm your host Ashling O'Rourke and I hope you are safe and well as you tune in this week. Well, on tonight's show, we're going to jog your memory back to one of our early episodes last year. Do you remember the government announced that there was going to be a tax on takeaway coffee cups? And we spoke to a business person here in the Midlands and got their take on how they were going to do it and become more environmentally friendly and sustainable in their business practices. Well... We've not heard much from the government when it comes to that particular tax, but a town in County Kerry has really taken the bull by the horns. They are going keep cup friendly or sustainable cup friendly, reusable cup friendly, whatever way you want to call it. They have launched a brand new coffee cup project and Killarney, if you're visiting Killarney over the summer months, you're going to bring a keep cup with you. They're going to go take away disposable coffee cup, tea cups, those paper plastic cups, they're getting rid of them. So by August, they will not have any in Killarney Town Centre if you go to buy your coffee. We're going to find out how exactly they're going to do this, what's it going to cost, what people in Killarney think about it a little bit later on in the show. First things first, though, are you a vapor? I'm not, OK? I have n- no... Uh, no, no muscle in this particular game. I'm not a smoker. I'm not a vapor. I've never even used a vape. Don't even know how they work. But disposable vapes have come under the spotlight because of the level of plastic in them, the fact that there's a, there is a battery in them and frequently they're put in the incorrect rubbish tub, bin. Um, so, for instance... Our normal batteries, say a AA battery that you might have in a remote control for the TV. That goes in our little blue wee electrical recycling box. You can see them in most shops around the place. We'll have one of those boxes where you can dispose of them. There's even a special place if you go to your local recycling centre where you can dispose of batteries. But we don't think of disposable vapes in the same way because they're in these cotton candy, childlike, toy-shaped devices. And they're just going in the bin which is really bad for the environment. So work is underway to get your take on whether or not we should be banning these. And this became the topic of columnist with the Irish Independent, Sarah Carey's latest column in the Irish Independent. And Sarah joins me now to talk me through this particular dilemma. Sarah, you are most welcome to the programme. Well, thank you for having me, Ashling. And I think... The whole premise of your show really feeds into this topic exactly. It's small changes, things that we can actually do to make the world a better, more climate resilient place. Because I know often people can feel so overwhelmed by the scale of the problem. Mm. But disposable vapes, like coffee cups, is one of those things that we can actually sort and very, very easily. So, first of all, you were saying that you don't vape. So for those people who don't know what a vape is, these are little devices in which um, a water vapour is heated up, and that's where the battery comes in. And into that is added nicotine, some other chemicals, and different flavours, very, very sweet flavours, all right? And people inhale that, and it becomes a water vapour that's um, inhaled into their lungs and crosses into the bloodstream. So they get their nicotine hit, but without all the extra harms that are caused by tobacco smoking. Now, they're known to be um, an aid to help people quit smoking, but there are two kinds of vapes. 
one of the ones that you keep and you refill them. You can put more of this fluid in yourself. And then there are these disposable ones that you buy. You can get them for about eight euros in the local shop. And they offer you about the same nicotine hit as about 20 cigarettes. So they're much cheaper than cigarettes. And um, and people might also notice, or maybe even haven't noticed, because they do look like sweets. Mm-hmm. They're in candy-coloured um, colours. They're in flavours like bubblegum and watermelon. And as a result, they're very attractive to teenagers in particular. Okay? They smell particularly strongly as well. Like I know I've said I'm not a vapor, but I've been around people while they're vaping. And I find the the sweetness of the smell quite sickly to, to be around. It's quite yeah, strong. And, and and the reason I came across them, I referred in the article to a friend of mine, but it was one of those situations where actually the friend was me. And uh, when I walk into my son's bedroom, this sickly sweet smell, and uh, and he would have a few of these in his bag. So here's where the battery bit comes in. I was finding these, and I'd often find them as well, thrown on the ground, thrown in ditches, um, they're often found after events like open air concerts, you know, where there would be a lot of people congregating and they're just flung away. And I was picking them up and throwing them in the bin. And I didn't realize until I saw um, uh, Minister Rushin Smith, the Green Party Minister at the Department of Environment, uh, began this consultation, alerting people to the fact that these are batteries and under no circumstances should you be putting them in the regular bin for a couple of reasons. First of all, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. They can heat up and go on fire and they put people at risk. Um, obviously, the bin collectors and that. But also they contain um, minerals like uh, lithium, you know, which is in all those batteries, manganese, some of them are rare earth and, you know, even using them for a product like a vape, you know, is not how we should be using these rare minerals, but also they're very toxic, you know, and there's no way they should be going into the regular rubbish. And we know all about that, as you were saying, you know, when you run out, when your batteries run out from the remote control, you know, I think I'm like most people, that there's a box out in the shed and you fling the old batteries in that. And then, and then eventually the it goes to the recycling, recycling bin. bin. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Or if uh, the electric kettle breaks or whatever, we're used to the system, you bring it back to the shop before you get a new one. But people don't realise that these disposable vapes are electric. And so, like me, a lot of them are ending up in the bin. So that's the first thing. From a waste perspective, we've got to stop throwing these in the bin. But because we're not doing that, the opportunity is here for us to simply ban their use altogether. So if anybody wants to, they can go to the Department of the Environment website. You can just search online for um, disposable vape consultation. Now you have to register when you go on the website. So bear with us, get past that and then go on and you can give your views. And now there are different options available, but I'm certainly arguing for just ban these things altogether because they do no good, no good whatsoever. As like you've the cat is out of the bag now, the friend is you, it's your son. <laughs> How do you feel? Like as a parent, you've been working in media a long time. You're very clued into marketing uh, strategies. And like these, you see the ads on social media in particular. They're really targeted at kids. We don't know the long term health consequences of using these things because they've not been around long enough. But we do know that there are health concerns around them. How do you feel about the fact that your son is vaping? Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's really sneaky. So here's the thing. Now, first of all, if you are trying to exit smoking, so if you choose a vape over a cigarette, that is better for your health, okay? The vape will do less harm than the cigarette will be. So as an exit strategy from smoking, you know, it's not a bad thing. And if you want to do that, 
you can obviously use the reusable uh, vapes. Where the teenage thing comes in is, first of all, these are cheap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's easy for them to get. Secondly, as I was saying, you know, they've got these sweet flavors, which make them particularly attractive. And then, as you've pointed out, um, there's massive campaigning on social media. And in fairness to America, there was one particular company there called Jewel, which is a huge manufacturer of these. And because their marketing techniques um, towards teenagers were so over the top, first of all, they had to make several hundred million dollar settlements with individual states in America. So for the state of Massachusetts alone, they had to pay nearly a $500 million settlement because so many teenagers will become addicted to these because it's nicotine. Mm. So it's an entry level point for nicotine addiction. And what we do know about nicotine is for the young brain in particular, the immature brain, the um, addiction potential is so much faster than for the adult brain. And the consequences of that are much more impactful. Like So it, it's just really, really sneaky to see big tobacco switching and adjusting to, um, say, things like bans on cigarettes and more aggressive advertising bans for cigarettes. And they've come up with this alternative product again, which um, is training kids to be addicted to nicotine. Like, it's, it's just completely wrong. So fine, the refillable vapes, you can argue serve a purpose in weaning people off cigarettes, but the disposable ones, no way. They're too cheap and they're too obviously attractive to teenagers to just get rid of them. In my life, I have lost people directly as a result of smoking. So my uh, one of my grandparents, after undergoing serious trauma medically, couldn't sleep. And back then in the, I think it was 50s, 60s, was prescribed a cigarette before bed to help them relax. Now, that person ended up with emphysema and had a long, horrible death. And I have seen firsthand the consequence of smoking. So I have no sympathy when it comes to these companies. And I'm, because I work in media, very naturally cynical. And like the fact that so many of the tobacco companies have invested and created these products, like it's not a separate um, industry, really. They're all connected. I wonder if by banning the vapes, and I do think they should be banned, that's my opinion on it, but uh, will they just simply come up with something else? Will they find another product, another way of targeting us? Because at the end of the day, their job is to make money. Oh, probably. And like I said, you know, uh, this consultation doesn't refer to the refillable vapes, the reusable ones, you know, and they're still huge because obviously they can get around smoking bans and mm-hmm. like that because you can have a sneaky little vape when, when you're still indoors. So we have to be very, very aware of those tactics and the pushback that will come from them. Uh, and I mean, we're still, so they're really big on producing statistics to say things like, well, these vapes aren't an entry level for smoking. So just because a teenager vapes doesn't mean they're going to take up smoking, but they don't need to take up smoking. Mm-hmm. They can still get addicted to the nicotine simply from the vaping. So look, it's money, money, money based on an addictive substance, you know, and, and then throw in the waste element as well. So, you know, there's no argument really in favour of these. Not that that won't stop them trying, but that's why I think it's really important for people to get behind this consultation and, you know, make our voice very, very clear to the government and give them evidence and ammunition to say to the tobacco companies, sorry, we're getting rid of these. Look at the political will we've got behind us. I think it would be a really important um, step uh, for people to make and and make it clear that this is what public opinion wants. And remember, we've done this before. We did this with plastic bags. 
um, the banning smoking indoors. Like when Ireland wants to, we really can put in these world leading policies. And I think it would be a great model for the rest of the world, you know, to show that we can't just get rid of them. The UK is talking about it too. So wouldn't it be nice if we got there and showed them how you can actually achieve this? And like it is an opportunity for us as members of Joe Public to have an impact on policy and legislation in the country. It really is. And, you know, it's like I was saying at the start, Ashling. I know when it comes to the climate, we can really feel what is the point? There's nothing we can do. I mean, I've just come back from holidays. I took my flight. I know you're not supposed to fly. Like there's so many things that... I do in my normal day-to-day life that you feel trapped in the system, you know, out of which there's no escape, you know, from the damage and the carbon emissions that we're doing. But here and there, there are little pockets of opportunity where it's actually quite straightforward if we just got together and did this. And uh, and I think just banning these disposable vapes is one of them. There's, there's no place for them in society. We really, really, really don't need them. I wonder, Sarah, when, like, and I know the process is already underway, but like, should Ossian Smith's department in this particular public consultation, should he be asking the question as to whether or not regardless of the type of vape, whether or not they should be banned indoors. Because like, personally, I find I hate being around people while they're vaping. It makes me cough and splutter. I know many people who would agree with me. Others will vehemently disagree. But should we be considering making people go outdoors to vape in the same way we do for smoking? Yeah, probably. And like you say, that smell is very irritating. But I think he's been quite smart in that he's trying to compartmentalise this. Um, because if you bring in other issues, like let's say he tried to ban vaping entirely, okay, let's just get rid of all vapes. Well, then that might be defeated on the grounds that, um, or the argument that they're used as a tool for quitting cigarettes. If you tried to ban them completely indoors, then, you know, a lot of people might object on that grounds and say, it's not fair. I don't mind not being able to smoke, but I should be allowed to do this. So I think by confining the terms of the consultation to the single issue of waste, that means it will be on very firm ground mm-hmm. and, uh, and it makes the arguments against it uh, much, much harder because obviously the industry is going to have something to say about that. And I think that's often the way, you know, when you're trying to achieve things um, through public policy is pay a lot of attention to the grounds on which you're trying to achieve it so that you're able to withstand any arguments against it. So I think that's the strategy here is focus on the waste. That's why it's been done via the Department of the Environment and not the Department of Health. And uh, and I think it's quite a smart approach to it. And we should say, Sarah, like in order to get involved in this whole process, you don't need to be an expert. This is just the government looking for our opinions on what they should do next. That's right. So just go along. As I said, if you search um, in your browser, you know, disposable vape environment consultation, it'll come up and uh, it'll give you a bit of background information on it. You can read more about it if you want. And um, and then you register and then you can actually answer the questions and give your opinion on it. And actually, there's quite an awful lot of um a public policy that invites public participation. Sometimes we don't often know about it or it seems to be happening above our heads. But um, we, when, once you start getting involved in these processes, you'd be surprised how keen uh, the government is to get views of people. Because sometimes people will come up with good ideas and good solutions, mm-hmm. not just to something like this, but for example, local area plans or all kinds of things. So, um, so you might get hooked 
when you do your, your first public consultation on this, you might find that there are more areas where the government wants to uh, hear from you. I think it's a great opportunity for citizens to actually get involved um, in policy making rather than just sitting around giving out about it or looking at Twitter or whatever. You can actually really get actively involved in this yourself. And the thing about it is in Ireland, and look, I'm proud to be Irish and I love this country heart and soul, I do, but we do do a great job of giving out about nobody listening yeah. to us, you know? So, <laughs> so this is an opportunity for us to have our say. And just like last week on the show, Sarah, we spoke about the local uh, county development plans and the climate action plans that are being put in place at the moment and how um, John McNally in Offaly County Council is looking for for people to get involved and have their say, as are the the equivalents in Leash and Westmeath and every other county in the country. So this is an opportunity once again for us to have an input into what the government does. You know, it's not always waiting for an election cycle to roll around and to shout at the politicians when they come to the front door, no matter how frustrated we might be. But uh, Sarah, we go on to the Department of Environment website and go through the process and you say stick with it, register it uh, and just maybe take your time with it. Exactly. And the closing date is 27th of July. So you've still got a couple of weeks to go. And uh, I think it will be well worthwhile. And, you know, maybe you get a little spring in your step and, you know, you've done something good today. And all sitting at home. Not too, not too much effort to actually have to do it. Well, Sarah Carey, columnist with the Irish Independent. Thank you so much for joining us on Let's Go Green. We will be back after the break. Midlands 183. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke. Well, what do you make of disposable vapes? Do you think we should be banning them? To be honest, I think we should. I'm not a fan of smoking. I'm not a fan of vaping. I think the health consequences of both are far too serious to be ignored. And my big concern is what I'm out and about and I see children vaping we don't know what damage they're doing to these young people's bodies. And, you know, while they've been around now, I was thinking about it. Like I started reporting on vapes and vaping coming into Ireland, I think back in 2014. So they're, they're around now almost 10 years. Look, from what I've read from the medical experts, the advice is that they should not be consumed by children. And so... I, I think banning disposable vapes is the way to go. I think, as Sarah Carey said earlier, that banning disposable vapes on environmental grounds, because they are actually so unsafe to go into landfill. Like if those batteries overheat, they will cause a fire. And we've seen landfill fires around the country in even just recent weeks. We know how damaging they can be. So we you want to prevent a fire when you can. So I think banning them on environmental grounds because of the fire risk if they are put into landfill and unfortunately they are. Like we've proven that we don't know how to dispose of them correctly, unfortunately. Um, So I do think that's a grounds um, for banning them. And I think it's rather clever, I'll be perfectly honest, because I think it would be far more a divisive topic um, to discuss banning them on the grounds of, you know, being targeted towards young people and I think people would maybe um, have a lot more to say about that particular topic whereas I suppose we can't really argue against banning disposable vapes and I wonder and I'm not a medic but I wonder should vapes for adults be prescribed for people who are trying to quit cigarettes Um should it be something that you get on prescription so that only those who are trying to quit cigarettes move on to vaping in the hopes of quitting um, as opposed to starting by vaping, which does happen. Well, 
It's a topic I'm very interested in. So Liam White from our newsroom went out and about in the Midlands to get your thoughts on vaping and uh, how addictive they are. Very interesting answers. So Liam White um, had a chat with some of you about vaping and what you make of it all. I don't really like them, but uh, they just help out with stress and all that. Really common now. Do you think they're more popular now than, I suppose, smoking is? Yeah, definitely. Well, I personally think it's kind of like chemicals made up in China. It's not really good for you. You know, like the same with cigarettes and stuff, like develops cancer or bad health issues, you know. I think, me personally, it's just better off to stay away from them because you can destroy your lungs and stuff and, like, just not go all around, like... I suppose people using them as well, a lot of people underage are using them a lot more now. Do you think that's a bit of a problem? I think so, yeah. Um, I know like young people say we don't smoke, but they are using vapes. and They're not really researched well enough to know what sort of stuff you're taking into your system, really and truly. Would people, would people nearly be better off smoking actual cigarettes than actually vaping, do you feel? Mm, I don't know. I think to be better off not smoking anything, <laughs> if at all possible. Do you find that a lot of people get addicted to them fairly easily? Oh, yeah. Like, I thought I'd never get addicted to them, but sure. Now I'm first addicted to them, really, now. Like, I suppose, do you feel like people are maybe getting more addicted to them than they maybe would smoking? Yeah, because the flavor, all different kind of flavours. Like, just like all the flavours you can get in the world now, so that's why they're addictive. Yeah, it's like a trend now. Even with TY's 50 years, that age group, they're all getting them now as well. It seems to be happening a lot in schools nowadays as well. Yeah. I mean, there's drink involved as well. And do you think that the rule that's being brought in next month about having to be 18 to buy them is a good thing? Definitely, because I feel young people don't really know what they're buying and what harm it'll be doing to their bodies as they get older. Um, whereas at least if they're 18, there's some chance that they might make some much. Well, yeah, there, are, there is people buying them underage to get someone else to do it. And I think vape companies, you know, they make different flavours and stuff, different colours, you know. Got to like, people, yeah, to appeal to the younger generation and... So young kids will buy them, and that's what I think. I think the 18 limit is like alcohol or cigarettes, because back in the day, you know, people would go in, get some older adults to buy it for them, and then they'd use them. And thanks to Liam White of the Midlands 103 newsroom there. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to head down to County Kerry, where Killarney has become, or is in the process of becoming, a takeaway coffee cup free town. So they're in the process of phasing out you know the disposable cups that are made from uh, paper and and plastic and God knows what because we don't dispose them correctly either come to think of it but they're trying to get rid of them because they're just causing so much litter problems really for them in Killarney and they've become the first town in Ireland to do so so I will check in with Louise Byrne in Killarney just after the break stay tuned You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Well, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, there was an awful lot of media coverage uh, last year when the government announced that there was going to be a tax on disposable or takeaway coffee cups. Now, look, they're not just, they don't just come with coffee. You can obviously get one of these cups with tea or hot chocolate or whatever you're having yourself. But we, we know them as disposable coffee cups. And this is, this is, we believe it's part of the government's plan for the country to become more sustainable because these cups are not being disposed of properly. They're part paper, part plastic. We're not putting them in the right bins to start with. They're, we need particular composting facilities to be able to compost them properly. And it's all very, very messy. So what if we cut them out entirely? 
Well, one town in Kerry is trying to do just that. I'm joined now by Louise Byrne, who is the Sustainability Manager for the Killarney Park and Ross Hotels. Louise, you are very welcome to Let's Go Green. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. Now, Louise, tell me about the Coffee Cup project in Killarney. In a nutshell, what are you doing? Okay, so I suppose we are offering customers in Killarney the option of um, bringing their own cup primarily, um, sitting and enjoy your coffee, or we have a deposit system set up in partnership with To Go Cup so that people can continue to have their takeaway coffee if they forget their own cup. Um, and that works by having a two euro deposit paid and then you can bring your cup back when you're finished and get your two euros back or you can keep the cup and reuse it or you can actually um, swap it for another if you just want a fresh one in any of the locations that are participating in the project and also 350 other locations around Ireland. So it just makes it easy for the businesses to continue that takeaway coffee trade with their customers but that it's a little more environmentally friendly. It sounds like a fantastic initiative. Like, at the end of the day, if one coffee shop in a town tried to do this, we'd all think that's wonderful, fantastic. And then we'd probably forget about it if it wasn't our regular coffee shop. And it wouldn't necessarily have a massive impact. But getting the entire community involved, like, it's, it's, it seems like it would have been quite a bit of work. Um, do you know what? I mean, you're right in that it does take that scale. I mean, it really is a we're all in this together at the moment. We have about 26 coffee shops and 21 hotels. Um, and actually, we've more coming to, to it as well. And I think that scale makes it more successful mm. so that it's not one shop that's trying to do right and that it's very easy for a customer to walk next door and get a paper cup. They're, they're all doing it. So it's really setting the standard for Kalani, um I thought it would be harder to bring people on board, but not at all. Everyone was very enthusiastic and proactive. We um, had noticed a lot of waste um, and litter in a, a county-wide clean-up in, in April. Talk to and me about this, because in Kerry, there is a county-wide clean-up every year. It's an annual thing that the community gets involved yes. in. Yes, it's run by KWD in Tidy Towns. Um, so um, all the community get involved. And as a hotel, um, myself and a number of the staff went out and we, we were doing the countywide cleanup and we noticed coffee cups, particularly lids, were a, a large source of litter in the town and particularly the National Park, which is very disappointing considering it's a pretty special place being a UNESCO biosphere. So it was an obvious action um, that we kind of said, look, there's something we can do here. And we had a chat with, we brought all the, the independent coffee shop owners together first, um, a town hall style meeting, and we kind of posed the question of what if and, and could we do this? And, and there was immediate enthusiasm and buy-in. So then we said, okay, this is great. So look, how do we support businesses? How do we support customers in, in, in making this changeover? So we kind of put a framework together that included um you know, funding from different entities like the Chamber of Commerce, Kerry Credit Union, um, Kerry County Council, the Wander Wild Festival um, and the Kerry Convention Bureau. So we had a lot of support there and we said, um, what do we need out of this? And the biggest, the biggest thing that the, the, the businesses wanted was the communications piece. Okay. Because they wanted all the customers coming to Clarny to know about it and know that this is something that Clarny people want 
in in the name of conservation of of the local environment in the national park. And then that saves them from having that 30 second conversation with every customer as they walk through the door explaining the initiative. We're trying to make it that everybody knows about it or as many people as possible because we do get a lot of passing trade and a lot of tourists. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just wanted them to know about it and know that Killarney people just want to kind of prevent litter and waste in our area. So... I suppose you might liken this to, like we've heard initiatives in different parts of the country where there are dementia-friendly towns or autism-friendly towns where the community bands together around a topic that they really feel strongly about and want to do something positive. So in Killarney, you've now become the first town in the country to do this. What's the feedback like now that you've started rolling it out? What do people make of it? Really positive, actually. We're actually so happy with the response. Um, people have come in and kind of congratulated us and are really positive and saying this is absolutely great. And a lot of people are likening it to the plastic bag levy that before it was it came in, you know, Ireland was synonymous with plastic bags hanging out of trees and things mm-hmm. like that. And that although it was an adjustment, that actually once it was in place, people were like, actually, this is great. Um, I think customers want businesses to make that decision for them. Um, as in make it as easy as possible to do the right thing if you know what I mean um, so like it, we've tried to make it that the customer has the same experience that you know it's, it's a cash neutral system um, their coffee will still remain the same price but we're actually preventing that level of waste which is always great you know and then like talk to me about hygiene then because if I'm on a long drive down to Killarney um, would you believe Louise I've never been to Killarney I've been to Killarney once and that was as a, to- oh, really? as a toddler I, yeah I was when I knew you were coming on the show I was trying to think back and I like, I know there's a photograph of me as a toddler in Killarney but that's it I've no memory of it um, so I must, I oh, must you're definitely going to have to come and now you're going to have to <laughs> check out the project in full swing after the 31st I'll have to I'll absolutely have to um, hit the road yeah. but Louise yeah. say for instance now I love my coffee and I, I probably drink far too much of it. I often joke that I, I need an IV drip of caffeine in me some days. But say I'm in a long, I've had a long day, I've had a couple of cups of coffee and I'm arriving into the, the coffee shop in Killarney and my cup isn't looking all that sparkling clean. You know, that would be something, like I'd feel a bit awkward about that to be honest, handing over a dirty cup, but I'd be dying for the coffee at the same time. Yeah. So are, are the cafe owners and the baristas, are they all right giving it a bit of a steam clean for me before they, they make me the new Americano? Absolutely. I mean, any I've t- spoken to are absolutely happy to do it. A lot of people already have it that, um, you know, they're trying to incentivize that reality anyway, because we know that seven in 10 people have their own keep cups. Now, not everybody brings them, but like um, that reality is there. A, so a, a bit like the plastic bag. We often leave them yeah. in the boot, don't we? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I suppose that's where the deposit system comes in for it. Like, we all do forget it. Mm-hmm. We do. So that's why the deposit system is there. And with the deposit system, you can swap your dirty cup for a clean cup. And with your own one, really anyone I've come across is quite happy to rinse that out, as you said, give it a steam clean and then and then use it again. Because like it is, like I think it's something that nobody really wants to hand over anything dirty to somebody else. You know, it's no. a, a, no. it's a pride no. thing. Um, so, and, yeah. and it's good to know that you'll do that because sometimes, particularly for people who take milk in their coffee or their tea, you know, it, it can become unsafe if you don't yeah. clean it before it's the next if it's used again that's it yeah um, I think behaviourally a lot of people are keeping their own lids you know they're handing over the cup for a rinse out or you know a quick clean um, I personally now I'm not promoting people getting the second one but I would have 
two on the go. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that I can have that second clean one. Uh, but I think, you know, we'll get more and more used to this as 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 a society. Like Ireland wants to be the first country in Europe to to ban single-use coffee cups, so it's coming anyway. And we just want to think that like we're going to try and do the best we can and figure out like how to do this that it works for everybody. And you know, we're happy to then share that information of what we found worked and what didn't and. Um, you know, it's kind of a learning curve for all of us as 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 these realities are changing due to climate change. You know, and 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 the climate action plans and waste action plans that the government and the EU have. And it's, I think it's it's really good to hear the process that you've gone through. Like, remind us again, like how many bodies have you gotten on board to help with the funding around all of this? Because you've put extensive amount of work into it. We really, yeah, we really did. Um, it happened fast, but there was a lot of people made it happen. Like, you know, I mean, here internally, like myself, Kira Tracy from the Ross and Killian from Luna Wine in Delhi, you know, have worked on it for the last few months, like endlessly. And then we've had great support from local entities, like I said, like the Killarney Chamber of Tourism and Commerce, um, AIB, Wonderwild, um, Kerry Credit Union, the Kerry County Council, you know, it's and, and then the Kerry Convention Bureau as well. And and in the likes of those organisations which sharing the message as well is going to be really important, you know, getting it out there to the wider audience. Great. And that will make it so much easier then for everybody to implement it if, if we all become more aware of it that when we're going to Killarney that we need to pack a keep cup in the car or the bus or the bag or whatever with us. Yeah. But you know, being the first, you will probably have pitfalls along the way in this entire process. And at the moment, you're phasing it in. So talk to us about the timeline. How have you rolled this all out? Perfect. The coffee shops have been getting their cups between the 24th of June and now and talking to their customers. And after the launch yesterday, um, so we did the media launch yesterday, they all have received communications pieces to be able to kind of get that information out there, like posters and cards and things for their tills. Um, And all the hotels are getting behind informing their guests in pre-arrival stays. Um, And then between now and the 31st, they still have both options available so that they can keep that conversation going and that have local advertising on the project. And then by the 31st, then we should make the change over when we feel like you know, people are aware of it. They're not like, you know, bombarded with this new reality and not ready with their keep cup on the 31st. I saw um, a gentleman who um, empties the bins in Clarny on the news the other night talking about <laughs> it and how, like, you know, his job is going to be so much easier because he collects hundreds of these disposable cups That's every day. And, and our local waste company has said that coffee cups... Um, and cigarettes, and I think it was chewing gum, are their biggest source of waste in the public bins. So, like, it, it helps everybody. Do you know what I mean? It really does make a difference locally on, on a few fronts. So it would be fantastic if there is um, maybe a member of the Chamber of Commerce in a Midlands town or a member of the County Council listening this week to, to Let's Go Green. Could we follow Killarney's suit? What do you think? I'd love to see us go ahead with it. At this stage, Louise, I probably have as much keep cups as I have plastic bags in the boot of the car. But I, I do like to keep them on the go and then I put them in the dishwasher, you know, and like I have them for years. They do, they do last and last well. And like, Absolutely. it is nice, you know, 
there's something about drinking out of a proper cup as well. Personally, I think it always tastes better than a paper cup. But, you know, mm. that's a debate for another conversation. And I'm sure, Louise, you and your colleagues in Killarney, if there is someone in the Midlands listening to this and thinking, do you know what? Killarney have gotten there first and we really should have been there ourselves. How do we get on this bandwagon? Would you be willing to share a bit of advice with uh, business people here in the Midlands? Absolutely. We'd love to share that and, and share our progress as we go along and go through this. And, um, you know, I think that with with sustainability, you know, the sharing of information is actually really important as we kind of navigate through this new new reality, you know, and a new, you know, if we're changing our, our business style from, you know, the linear model to one that's more circular by design, like helping each other through that is really important. Well, Louise Byrne, who is the Sustainability Manager for Killarney Park and the Ross Hotels, thank you so much for joining us on Let's Go Green. You're very welcome and thank you. We'll be back after the break. Midlands 183. You're listening to Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103 and we are almost at the close of this week's episode. Well, it's been quite a busy week news-wise in terms of the environment. We had European MEPs, so members of the European Parliament, they did vote in favour of quite significant climate change mitigation measures after weeks and months of debate around re-wetting and controversy around the whole process. So I do hope in the next couple of weeks to to really have a, a full conversation on that vote, what it actually means in practice and what changes we are likely to see coming down the line as a direct result. I know in Ireland, a number of politicians, obviously the Green Party being one of those, are welcoming the decision in, um, in, in the last week there at the European. Parliament. But as I said, we will check in on that in full in the next week or so here on Midlands 103. And as you know, it's a topic that I've come back to time and time again, and I do intend on tackling um, on the show over the summer months. And that is the, let's call it upcycling of clothing and shoes and, you know, mending of clothes and that. So I am interested. Are you a shoemaker? Are you a seamstress? And I want to have a chat with you about what we could be doing with clothing that we're considering binning. You know, could we give it a second life? So that's a topic I hope to come back to very soon indeed. And the reason I'm bringing it up tonight is because, and thanks to Sinead Hubble in the newsroom for uh, directing me to this particular story, but France, so the government in France has decided that, say, for example, if I were to go into a cobbler in Portlaoise, and uh, I know who they are, we won't won't name them just yet, but we go into a cobbler in Portlaoise and I say, look, do you know what? These shoes, I love them they were not cheap and I'd really like to keep wearing them because they're super comfortable and we all know what it's like to have a pair of shoes that we really, really love but they probably have been worn to death and the decision's been made whether or not I bin them or repair them. So in France, say if I were living in France from next October, so it's only in a couple of weeks really, God, isn't it frightening to think October's only a couple of weeks away. Um, the, The government in France, they're going to give people money back so for every time you go to a repair shop, so whether that be an alteration service, a cobblers, a tailors, you know, whatever um, service provider, if you're bringing back an item of clothing to be mended or repaired, you're going to get a bit of a bonus back from the French government because they're going to say, do you know what? 
this is something good that you did. You saved this pair of shoes from going to landfill. You're not throwing out that dress that is too small or too big or just, you know, you don't like it anymore. You've decided to do something with it. And for that, we say thank you. And we're going to give you a couple of euro for that. So I think that's really progressive. Do you know, like... And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I can't be alone. We all have shoes and clothes in the wardrobe that we think, God, yeah, I must bring that down now to the alterations, people, um, and get something done with that. But it ends up in a bag, gathering dust. And, oh, yeah, no, do you know what? I didn't get a chance this weekend, but I'll do that next weekend. And then kind of just sits there. Um, and then when I do actually bring them in, I'm only delighted with myself. So I think it's a really clever idea. And quite frankly, um, anytime any government wants to give me money back, I'm not going to say no. And I have a feeling you'd agree with me on that. So I think it's a really interesting initiative. It's being um, organised through a company or an, or an eco-organisation called Refashion. So they're going to log all these service providers with the government. And then if you go and you use one of these services, you will be able to claim it back as the consumer. Um, and it, look, it's, it's not that I'm saying, oh God, the Irish government should have come up with this idea. Oh yeah, great if we had have done. But it'll be interesting to see now how it works in France and how successful it is in France because there is oftentimes a lot to be learned from perhaps being the second or third country to do something. Do you know, because I'm sure there's going to be problems with their systems. So it'll be because there always is, you know, that's not, no shade on France. Um, But it'll be really interesting to see how it works and to see if perhaps the government would consider bringing in something here. And it would also encourage us to continue a of these service providers who do mend and repair our clothing because, like I've said it before on the show, for example, Tullamore, who always had at least, growing up, there was at least two cobblers in Tullamore. Now there's none in the town. You know, we need these service providers. Um, I know of one uh, shop in Tullamore, if you need to have your shoes repaired, they'll take them in for you and send them to a cobbler's in Dublin. But wouldn't it be better if someone were employed in the town? I know there are cobblers in Athlone and in Port Leeson in the Midlands, but I'm just highlighting it. Like if we are encouraged to use these services more and more, we would be availing of them and therefore creating jobs in the Midlands. And isn't that what we want at the end of the day? That's just my two cents on it. Well, look, I'm right out of time. So um, before I go, just want to say thank you very much to all the contributors to this week's episode of Let's Go Green here on Midlands 103. Please do, if you want to speak to me on the show, if you are one of these alteration people. If you are a cobbler, a, a clothing mender, please do get in contact with me through the on-air team on midlands103.com. Look up my name, Ashling O'Rourke, and on my page there, there is a button which, which will help you send me a direct email. If you happen to want to share this episode with a friend, family member or colleague, please do send them on the link to midlands103.com. Let's go green with Ashling O'Rourke on Spotify, Google and indeed Apple Podcasts. But that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and I'll be back same time next week here on Let's Go Green. In the meantime, have a great week. Let's hope it dries up just a tad. Stay safe and I'll chat to you next Monday night. Midlands 103